if I'm not mistaken. Numbers the 13th chapter, verse 25 through 30. It's when the children of Israel came up and bought the evil report about the promised land. And what we want to look at, we want to look at Joshua and Caleb's um, response to the little friction or the little resistance that they had to encounter. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day and for this hour. We thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies, Lord God. We, uh, we cannot do anything without you, Father. So we ask you in Jesus' name that you would have your way. I'm just a vessel, Lord God, as you know, and I yield myself before you as such, asking that you would have your way, Father. A closed door that I shouldn't enter into and open, oh God, doors of utterance that I should enter into. That, that your voice may be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It says, and they returned from searching of the land 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all of the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told, they told him and said, uh, we came to the land whither, whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children, children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the, uh, of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountain, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. Ain't it something they could tell you where everybody dwell? And Caleb still the people before Moses, and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we be well able to overcome it. Then I want to drop, uh, drop down to Joshua, the 14th chapter, verse 12 through 15, and this is what Caleb said 40 years later, because you know after the children of Israel uh, uh, were disobedient, the Lord uh, had them to wander in the wilderness, and even Joshua and Caleb had to wander. Uh, and and some, sometimes the good have to suffer with the bad. They had to wander in the wilderness. And so 40 years later, listen to Caleb. This is faith talking. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. He's talking to Joshua. Whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the uh, um, uh, Anakims were there, and that the city were great and fenced. If it be the Lord's will, if it be the Lord be with me, then I will be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of because that he wholly followed the, the Lord God of Israel. Now I want to jump to the New Testament. And I want to go to the 16th chapter, verse 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry. What did I say? I said nothing. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians. I told you I was nervous when Bishop was here. <laughs> 1 Corinthians uh, 16, chapter verse 1 through 9. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, uh, so uh, you also are to do. 
on the first day of the week. Each of you is to, is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. Now, I want to drop down for the sake of time. I want to drop down to verse, um, verse 7 through 9. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Somebody start to say friction. It's all the way you look at it. <laughs> it's all the way you look at it. Seven weeks ago, in our minister's meeting on the phone, Bishop asked, what we heard the Lord saying to us in relation to the topic for the year. At that time, the Lord reminded me of the time when I learned to drive a straight drive. At that time, the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system allowed high school students to drive the school buses. They also allowed us to take the buses home, and, and, and then after the route uh, was finished in the evenings. Well, in the 10th grade, I saw this as an opportunity to make money while going to school. The, the senior driver uh, did not drive the last couple of days of the school year in preparation for their graduation. I remember the day that the senior uh, who I was supposed to relieve drove the bus uh, to her house and turned the key over to me. I was about a good 10 miles from my house. Up to this point, all I had was training. But the training had not been put to the test. I would not be telling you the story if I, uh, uh, if I could tell you or if, you know, if, I, if everything turned out good. I'm telling you this because it didn't turn out good. One of the things we had to learn was the friction point because all, all they had back then was straight drives. And we had to learn to be able to detect the friction point and to, and to come off of it real easy. Well, I hadn't really mastered that. And so uh, when she turned the bus over to me, I, you know, uh, on the straightaway, I was half, halfway good. I got to a railroad track, and I started sweating bullets. <laughs> because I stopped on the railroad track, Elder, and the thing kept choking out on me. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. You talk, because I couldn't get the friction point. And I was so afraid of stopping on the hill because I'm going to end up having to pay for somebody's car. Oh, my God, that was a terrible time. I was sweating bullets, man. Who I tell you, I was so glad when I got home. It was the Lord that helped me get home. I'll be honest with you because, but it was suffering that one time. After that one time, I had it. And I got so good with the friction point where I could be on the hill and just sit there without even pressing the gas or the brake. Didn't, didn't even worry about uh, uh, rolling back on nobody. And then if I wanted to show off, I'd go in and out. Because I had learned how to maneuver the friction point. And so... I began to think, I said, well, not all friction, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about two different frictions. One, you have to learn how to maneuver. The other, you have to do away with. Okay? This friction, in order to shift the gears, we have to learn how to maneuver this friction. Even to this day, I promise you, when you get in the straight drive, 
you're going to have to find where that friction point is because there might be a whole lot of, a whole lot of uh, leeway in there, but you've got to find that friction. The friction may be at the top, it may be at the bottom, but you're going to find that friction. That friction is going to be your friend. It's going to be your friend because it's going to keep you from making a mess of things. And so when we're in this time of shifting, we got to realize there's going to be some friction. But Bishop often tells us this. He said, iron, he quotes the scripture, iron sharpness iron. There's going to be some friction, but how would you deal with the friction? Do you realize sometime in order for us, all the time, in order for us to shift, we're going to have to go through some friction? And we're going to have to learn how to deal with the friction? Because if we don't learn how to deal with it, guess what? We're not going to be able to shift. And let me tell you this, don't tie the clutch up by, by, by coming out too fast. You're going to have a, ch- a clutch all chewed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to be doing this him. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, you don't want to have to pay a bill for something that you could have just taken your time and learned how to do it right. How many of us are paying right now for, 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 because we didn't take the time? to learn how to do it right. We didn't take the time to learn how to deal with the friction, how to maneuver through the friction. There's going to be some friction now. There's going to be some time when somebody's going to give and get on your last nerve. And I don't care how long you've been in church, you could have been in church 40 years. But somewhere, you listen, if you put two people, and I always say that you put two people on Mars, they might start off good, but eventually they're going to fall out. Because <laughs> somebody ain't going to like something somebody else is doing. You know? And so when you got a whole lot of people, and I really, my, my heart goes out to Bishop. It goes out to any pastor. But Bishop Jackson, I said, I, I was talking to him, I said, Lord, my heart goes out to you, man. <laughs> because Bishop, uh, it's a lot of personalities. A lot of personalities. And then you have to know which personality is which. And then you have to be able to work and say, that's just a friction. Y'all should be able to work that out. All you got to do is just maneuver through it. If you want to get to the next, the next gear, you're going to have to be able to learn how to shift. Deal with the friction and go on with your life. Start, allow, start allowing little, little foxes. Small things, something, something tomorrow that you will feel bad about that you got upset about today. When you have time to think about it, we were talking about this morning. I said, I'm so glad that the Lord did not give us the power to cast people into, uh, yeah. I said, because once we cast men now, especially husband and wife, we cast men now, we're going to feel bad. And we're going to say, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I thank God he didn't give us that power because, boy, I tell you, I, I've probably been there a couple times. My wife would, would put me in there. <laughs> she know I'm just joking with her. But, but we were talking about, you know, God did not give us that power because he know that we just have to deal with the friction. Learn how to deal with it. It's part of growing up. Brothers and sisters will fall out. Spiritual brothers and sisters going to fall out. Oh, my God, but, but we learn how to shift. And we learn that we have to be able to deal with the friction in order to go on. 
Each one of us have a job that we've been appointed. Each one of us, we're serving on one committee or another. And you have to ask yourself, have I allowed friction to keep me from being able to shift and go to the next, next gear? Have I allowed the friction point to stop me? Have I bagged up on the car behind me and just tore it all up because I didn't want to learn how to deal with the friction? Because when you come off of that clutch, then you press the gas, and gas means that you're going forward. I looked up the friction point, and they said friction point is when the, the engine and the transmission uh, join together, and it's almost like they're kissing each other. Well, I saw it. Kissing each other, and they say, ooh, I got it now. It's when the engine and the transmission join together. Synchronized, brother mine said, and able to move on and, and get you to your destination. But if you never allow yourself to shift, how are you going to get to your destination? Oh, somebody say, Well, I'm just driving the automatic. Ain't no automatics in the body of Christ. <laughs> it's all stick shift. There's a, we said this morning, there's something we have to do. Stop thinking that, yeah, Jesus did pay it all, but it's something we have to do. We talked about Moses being in the glory of God, and he was being transformed in the glory of God. And we said, well, what did Moses have to do? Well, he had to climb the mountain, and he had to get in the place where God was transforming him. It sounds small, but it's very important. We have to get in a place where God can transform us. And if we allow a little friction, a little resistance, to stop us, we would never be the people God wants us to be, and we'll never get the way God wants us to get. Now, let's, now, that was friction that you have to deal with. Let's talk about friction that you need to do away with. Now, Paul said that, that, that he said that there was a wide open door that had been granted to him in the area of Ephesus, although he knew that there would be adversaries, friction. If you will, he yet saw the hand of God at work. The question should be asked of all of us in this room today and, uh, and anyone that will hear this, have you ever misjudged the situation because there was friction or that there was giants to be overcome? Maybe it was indeed God's blessing, but, but you and I might have felt it down in our, we felt it down in our spirit, but we rationalized that thing. And we say, if this be God, why is there friction? Why is there resistance? Now, I do not know uh, that there would be giants. To, uh, I, I do not know there would be I, I did not know, I'm sorry, there would be giants to overcome. This is what somebody would say. I didn't know there would be giants to overcome. And to help and, 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 and to encourage our thinking along this line, we are quote. Now, this is what I meant to say this morning. I forgot it was in my message. I thought it was in my church school lesson, but it was in my message. We will quote a scripture and use scripture against a principle. Listen to the scripture. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. 
We'll take that scripture and use it against a principle that's all through scripture. There will be friction. And when, when, when I studied that in the Hebrew, it was saying he won't add. So that means he won't add more that's necessary. But there is some necessary friction. Ooh. I realize in physics, when I was taking physics, everything except in a controlled environment, everything has resistance. Even wire has resistance, and they sell the wire based on the lack of resistance or, you know, the resistance in it. If you don't have as much resistance, it's, it sells more. Uh, 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 they, they have a, um, the wire, uh, they call it um, a fiber optic cable. And it carries sound. And the reason it's a cost so much because it has almost zero resistance in it. So you get what you get in is what you get out. But usually in a system, what you get in or what you put in, you don't get it out because some of it is lost through resistance. Now, the thing is, is that God don't want us to lose anything. So this resistance that's causing us to lose something, God's saying that has to be dealt away with. You have to get, you have to do away with that. This resistance that's causing you, see, because when the, when, when, when the children of Israel were supposed to go into the promised land, they weren't supposed to, 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 to make them giant slaves. They were supposed to do away with them. Now, you, you have people, I, 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 I read a book about this, they call God a, 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 a bloodthirsty uh, God because he sent them in there to kill those people, is what they say. Well, I think Evangelist Brown said it this morning, and, and she hit it dead on the head. She said those people in, in the wilderness, they had already, I mean, in those lands, they already had heard of the children of Israel. So they had heard of them. How you know? Because uh, Rahab said, we heard about you. So they had plenty of time to get up out of there. But when you stay there, you want to fight. This is what people are not looking at. You stay there, you want to fight. Guess what? You're going to get wiped out. They had plenty of time and plenty of notice. They had heard how God was conquering uh, 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 other nations and how he was conquering kings. And you're going to stay there and want to fight. I wasn't, I wasn't back in that time, but the one hospital today, I'd have packed my stuff and said, adios. <laughs> Got to go. God wiping them out, bro. He wiping them out. <laughs> He's not making them slaves. So some resistance you got to do away with. There, there are some things in each one of our lives right now. We have to do away with because if not, it's going to be a hindrance to us. The Lord told the children of Israel, when you go in the land, destroy those images. Ooh, images. See, back then they was talking about the little, the little gods that they had made. Images. But to us, an image is some, 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 some image we have concocted in our head. And some of us call it God. God who allow us to be lackadaisical. God who allow us to be, to, to be mean. and God who allow us to do whatever we want to do and we want to put Jesus' name on it. It's not.
Because uh, y'all saw what Solomon done. You know, no, nobody came and held, held a, a bow and arrow or whatever to Solomon's head and said, you're going to worship this God. They just sent some, they just sent some pretty women there, and they say uh, uh, you'll be able to, to, to get in covenant with her dad if you, you know, if y'all marry. And next thing you know, Solomon was, was the man that wrote, that wrote the book of Proverbs tried to bring every last one of them. Because he stopped bound down to these gods. Do y'all, do y'all realize that the only time God displaces people is when they change their gods? It, it, it wasn't just a sin. It was when they changed their God. They exchanged God for another God. That's when he displaced them. He would send them warning, but he, oh, that, see, that's why you got to get rid of it. Any of the stuff that's of the world that's not after God, we got to get rid of it. There are seven lessons that we can learn from Caleb and Paul. Number one, they put God first. They put God first. Now, that sounds small, and it is. It ain't but three words. But it is humongous to put him first. So that means you have to know him. I'm not saying know about him. You got to know him. Second, the foe which they were facing did not eclipse what God had promised, meaning the foe was small to them. They knew it was going to be friction, but it was small to them. He said, we are well able to overcome. Listen to what Caleb said in Numbers 13.30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, but we are well able to overcome. And see, he saw, he saw the foe as small. In Numbers 14, 6 through 9, and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of, of, of Jephunneh, which were of them that had searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it, and give it us. Uh, a, a land uh, which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the, ye the people of the land, for they are bread. Listen to this. For they are bread to us. Oh, my God. We're going to eat them up. We're going to have them for lunch. They ain't nothing but a snack. He didn't even say entree. He said, <laughs> Whoo, and their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. One cannot but wonder at the excitement that oozes from Paul's statement when he said, I will stay in Ephesus unto Pentecost because a wide open door has been afforded me, and there are many adversaries. I cringe when I read this. Because I would have understood it better had Paul said, but there are many, uh, but there, there is resistance. There are many adversaries. There's some friction to overcome. I would have understood it better had he said, but. He said, I'm going to stand Ephesus unto Pentecost. He said, for a wide open door has been afforded to me, and who? How many of us would have said, but? You ain't got to raise your hand. <laughs> oh, my God. 
it said that, no, he said that there is some friction I have to deal with, but I will make a smooth shift. And let me tell you something, Paul stayed in that place three years. My, you talking about wide open door and the resistance that was there? And he stayed there three years. Ooh, I would say he made the ship because the church got started. In the midst of all of that friction, he, he, he shifts smoothly. And God opened the door to the church. I can uh, get, uh, well, um, I can get to get to you in a timely manner if I shift smoothly. This is what Paul was saying. He was tell, talking to Corinth. I can get to you in a timely manner if I shift smoothly. Smoothly. So it was based on the way Paul dealt with the situation. He was there three years and the, and, and the Corinthians got hot with him because they said, you said you were going to be him. And so all kind of mess broke out. And he, had, he did leave that one time to go back, but he went back to Ephesus uh, because uh, they were just, 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 just mad at him because he hadn't come. And say, but, uh, but, it's my, uh, shift, if my, but if my shifting is choppy, it's going to take me a while. Don't you know the more I'm hucking and bucking, don't you know it's going to take me a little longer to get there? Then, then if I take my time and shift smooth. We don't have time for the hucking and bucking. So we have to learn to shift smoothly. Oh, my God. Accelerate when it's time to accelerate and not before. As a matter of fact, I cannot tell you how long it would take if I shift choppy. Next, each one of us put the first, uh, each uh, put God first, meaning that each one, this is what I'm saying, each one of them put God first, meaning that they knew something about the God that they were trusting. And because they knew God, they trusted in the faithfulness of his word. They were not, they were not unaware of the fact that there was resistance or friction that they had to uh, deal with. But yet they moved forth in faith that they had in God. They saw victory instead of defeat. The principle uh, is uh, 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 that, that, that we can deserve from this uh, is, is, is all through Scripture. That's going to be friction. Uh, all we have to do is look at the story of Joseph. It was friction. But we saw what happened, and he did not get bitter, so he shifted smoothly. He learned how to deal with the friction. And everywhere he went, God elevated him <laughs> in that place. Because of the gifting that was in him and because he was shifting smoothly. God saw that he was shifting smoothly. Wonder what would have happened had he been shifting choppy and would have messed up his life. The path that David experienced on his way to the throne of Israel. Finally, let's talk about Jesus, our Savior, what he endured. He knew of the friction, of the resistance that he would encounter. But as the author of Hebrews stated, Therefore, since we also have a large cloud of witness surrounding us, let us lay aside. Oh, my God. When we get ready to do this thing, we're going to have to throw off everything that will hinder. Let us lay aside every, uh, uh, every hindrance and the sin. Notice it says S-I-N. It didn't say S-I-N-S. So that makes you think that every one of us got 
something that troubles us. Oh, my God. Your neighbor may not know about it, but you do, and God knows. And God left it in place. See, that's your thorn in the flesh, <laughs> a messenger to keep you grounded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And some say, well, I haven't experienced it. Well, you keep going. Uh, start uh, shifting smoothly, and you're going to experience it. Uh, he said, "Who so easily uh, ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source, of, source and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that, that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endures such, such hostility for, uh, uh, from sinners against himself, so that, uh, so that you won't grow weary and grow up, I mean, grow, 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 I'm sorry, grow weary and give up. And struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved of him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and punishes every son he receives. So you see that even in that passage, in, 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 in that uh, 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 short uh, uh, pericope, if you will, or the scripture, it shows us that there is resistance that God himself has put in place that we're going to have to deal with. And many times we're dealing with our brothers and sisters and God knows that we're going to have problems. <laughs> but he intends us to overcome. He intends us to learn how to shift. Had God meant for you to go to Goose Creek, he'd have sent you over there. But many of us who say, God sent us here. God knew that Warren Hospital was going to be here. So you, I don't like Warren Hospital. Well, he knew. He sent you and he knew I'll be here. So you got to learn how to shift dealing with Warren. And likewise, me, me the same way, you know. I'm going to have to learn how to shift smoothly. I ain't going to tear up the gears, brother, but where? Because I'm tired of going around the same mountain over and over again. How you, I mean, can you imagine seeing your car in the shop all the time because you won't let somebody teach you how to shift smoothly? Something you can help if you will get help. And sometimes it's good to go to your brother and sister and say, man, I'm struggling with this. It's good. I have a couple of brothers in here like that. I could go say, man, I'm struggling with this, bro. You got to pray for me. Now, there's one I can't say that to because he'll just start laughing. And his last name, Bowen. Okay. In order to have maximum impact, it will require dependence on God to help us realize when friction, resistance must be overcome or when it is meant to be utilized for advancement and maximum impact. God bless you. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah.